Thank you for joining us for another power-packed message from Dr. Miles Monroe, provided by Monroe Global Incorporated and MonroeGlobal.com. We transform followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. We hope that this message is a blessing to you as you advance your life and discover your purpose. Now, let's go into the message. Today's focus has to do, please write this down, Becoming agents of change. Write it down. Becoming agents of change. Say it with me. Becoming agents of change. The vision of this ministry for 34 years has been the same vision. I will repeat the vision. It's only one sentence. This ministry exists to transform followers into leaders. We've been working on that for 30 years. But now the instruction from our king is we must now focus on the second part of the vision and that is and to transform leaders into agents of change. That means we don't just want to wear a title, we want to make a difference. We don't just want a position we want to make an impact we don't just want to be respected we want to demand transformation that is the assignment at this juncture of our ministry I want to begin therefore by talking to you about something very serious write this down everyone exists in time I beg you to listen to this important segment here. What does it mean when we say everyone exists in time? Well, first of all, all humans exist in time and change. All of us. In every country, every culture, the two things we can be sure of. We are living in time and we'll experience constant change. Point number two, all humans will be affected by the time and change they live in. Remember, you exist in them. If you was a fish, Time would be the ocean. And change would be the current. So picture yourself as a fish. You live in this ocean called time. And the changes coming at you are the currents trying to push you in its direction. We cannot avoid those two things. Point number three. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen to this statement, please. Write it down. Whoever controls and manages time and manages changes will control our experience in time and change. 
I want you to think, please, about what I'm saying. I repeat, whoever controls and manages time and change will control our experience in time and change. At least the point number three, a very serious point. Whoever plans your time and the changes in your life will design your future. I repeat, whoever plans your time, the time you live in, and designs the changes that you will face, they are creating your future. They are controlling you. That means then that we are all victims of the ones who plan our time and our change. I repeat, you are a victim of the people you've given the authority to to plan your time on earth and what type of changes you will go through. You are a victim. That means then, and this is a serious result, others can plan your life for you. This is serious. If you give another person the right to plan how you use your time and the right to decide what kind of changes they want for you, you've stopped existing. You are now a victim of other people's design. This is serious. Therefore, the next point is a question. Who will design your future? Now remember, whoever controls and designs your time and your changes designs your future. So the question is, who are you going to allow to design your life? Let's talk about it. And this statement is one you must never forget. Avoiding engagement with the powers that design and plan our time and change is to surrender to another man's values, morals, and standards. I'm going to repeat this because it's very serious. It's happening all over the world. Matter of fact, this is happening not only to individuals, not only to countries, it's happening to entire continents. I'm going to read it again. I want you to write it down. Avoiding engagement with the powers that design and plan our time and change is to surrender to another man's values and moral standards. It's like United Nations telling the Bahamas 
what they should do if they want the United Nations money. Our government leaders are making trips you know nothing about to meetings you have no idea exists. Making decisions on your behalf that diametrically oppose your values because you will not engage them. They think that a vote was a surrender of your brains. They think that a vote is the cancellation of your intellect. And maybe I might blame you also because you and I are so passive, spiritually, religiously stupid. Because somehow we got this weird idea that we could put an unrighteous man in power and demand righteousness from him. This is crazy. But we do it. And the problem is we see them once. And we believe that they will keep our values and morals intact for five years. How does it happen? First word, avoiding them. Avoiding to engage the system. Let's take it a step further. This is a tough one. The useless church. What did I say? The useless church. I have come to the conclusion in my humble estimation I have traveled to over 100 countries. My largest audience was 2.5 million people in one place. I have met with hundreds of government leaders and heads of state. I have engaged bishops and potentates. I have sat in the halls of power. I have communed with Supreme Court justices. I have spoken and advised congressmen and women. I have been around, believe me, I've come to a conclusion. The church is useless. What do I mean? Write this down. The number one weakness and defect of the church is its lack of planning. I'm going to explain this. The church does not plan correctly. Emphasis on correctly. Why? The folly of the church is its preoccupation with planning for heaven and not earth. That's their folly. And the problem is the church lives on earth. 
The mistake the church has made is what I call they have a escapism theology. It's a theology that conditions its adherence to leave earth rather than change earth. It is the I'll fly away mentality. It is to stay away from them mentality. It is to avoid getting involved with them mentality. And so we have basically developed a useless church on earth. That leads to my third point. The church has planned itself out of the world. We've planned it. Now the sad part about that truth is this. The church has abdicated its responsibility and abandoned the world and the earth. Both words are important. They abandoned the world and the earth. The focus of the so-called church is isolation and transportation. The transportation is rapture. They have become so conditioned to live in a world that they don't live in yet. That they can't affect the world they live in. And so we have this useless structure in every nation. That leads to point number five. The church has created and designed its own irrelevancy. The church has created and designed its own irrelevancy. The church itself made itself irrelevant because it presents a message of escapism. Now the world is very interesting. The world capitalizes on this. And the world tells the church, don't get involved in our business because you said our business is not your business. And they're saying it loud, aren't they? Stay out of our business, they say. The problem is their business is affecting your business because you live on earth. Where was the church in America when that little woman stood before the Supreme Court and said, take prayer out of school? Where was the church in America? They were having services. They were planning their departure. Roe versus Wade. Where was the church when and that woman stood before the Supreme Court and says, look, I have a right to kill my baby and you have to okay that. And since that day, average of 500 million babies are killed every year in America. I said 500.
500 million. Check it on the internet. That means they kill more children than our entire country's population every year. Because somebody created a law that the church allowed. Point number six. Every other entity in society has a plan except the church. And their plan is to affect, influence, and control the changes in our society. Every other group has a plan. The Rainbow Coalition are not reactionary. They got, listen, I spoke to one of their leaders in Washington. He said, Dr. Monroe, we ain't worried about the church. The church don't know what's going on. We have a plan for 50 years already on paper how we're going to take over the culture. Well, the church does have a 50-year plan. How are they going to get out of here? Rapture. They have a plan. I was in horror, and I'm speaking publicly, because I have in my possession in my bag a CD that I received because I wanted to make sure I heard what I heard this week. As one of our ministers of foreign affairs stood up in parliament this last few days and proudly stated that he's been in this government process for 30 years of his life and he gave his whole life to politics and he built it up very nice how he served to the point where he even didn't get married. He wanted to dedicate himself totally. I'm talking to you. Keep the TV on. Uh, I know what I heard. I heard this myself. And I got the CD to prove it. He said, I worked 30 years of my life. He said, for this moment. What moment? And then he said it. He said, you know, when I first entered these hollowed halls of your parliament, My personal life and my private life could not be spoken of publicly. And my decisions that I made about my personal orientations, I couldn't even mention it when I first entered these halls. But we've come a long way, he says. He said, because now my bishop has finally seen the light. And I can now say in these hollowed halls without shame that I support the gay and lesbian and transsexual organization that was said in your country five days ago. In parliament, the house you built. He abused our house to promote his personal decision. He wasn't doing the people's business. Let me quote it again. Every other entity in society has a plan. And their plan is to what? Affect, influence, and control the changes 
in society. Let me finish, tell you what he said. He said, I've been in here all these years and now I could, could plan to leave because what I came in to do, I got the CD, has now arrived, he says. And the bishop of the Anglican church in the Bahamas has sanctioned it. Now in case you think I'm a crazy man. Last week I told y'all I was going to call the bishop. I called the bishop on Monday. This week. We spoke for an hour and a half on the phone. Bishop keep the, the TV on. And I said bishop explain to me what you meant by your recommendation of sexual orientation. Define it for me. And for an hour and a half my friend the bishop and he's my friend. He couldn't explain what it meant. <laughs> There'll be no sitting down on my watch. Listen to me. I want you to listen to me, please. This is an important session. Yes. Point number seven. If we don't plan our lives, someone else will. That's the bottom line. If we don't plan our lives, we're going to live somebody else's values. Somebody else's moral standards. We cannot surrender to the currents in the ocean. Have you ever heard this term, current affairs? It's a current. And it comes to drag you in its direction. And you need to be no longer sand. I said to the bishop, publicly, I told him I'm going to talk publicly about him. I said, bishop, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, Brother Miles, we need to be a little bit more accommodating to people of different views. I'm talking about the bishop, your bishop. I said, sir, you and I are supposed to have been sent from the same government. And we are not permitted To surrender his standards to theirs. I told him that and I said to the bishop, my friend, we are supposed to be like a rock in the ocean. No matter how hard the tides come, no matter how strong the current is, the rock stands, the current flows over it. And when everything is finished, the rock is still standing. 
I said that's our responsibility to put the rock in society. The word of God. The standards of God. The kingdom of God. That's why God never calls himself even an anchor. Because anchors need rock. What kind of society would your children live in? See? That's the question. When your son comes and asks you, I met a mother who's a man today. Explain that to me, daddy. What do you tell him? That you sat down and did nothing. The best way to protect and predict the future is to design it yourself. Don't let nobody else design the future for us. We live here. I want to tell you something about an idea you don't think about much. It's called the power of an agenda. Everybody has an agenda except the church. Ain't nothing haphazard. Remember what I said now. The guy says, I entered parliament 30 years ago for this reason. And my problem is, he's the minister of foreign affairs. I'm talking publicly, sir. Write me, call me, I'll come see you. That means he's promoting something different than what I've been promoting. I tell people God lives in the Bahamas. Millions of people have said it too. Do you sit down and just watch it? I was so surprised that no MP got up and said, excuse me, sir, uh, this house is not for that. We are here to discuss the proposal to build a new parliament, not to talk about your private issues. No one got up. It makes me nervous, but everybody in the house now. I didn't say nothing. I just said it makes me nervous. That's all. Now I know our speaker straight. He's sitting right over there. I know he's straight. <laughs> give God a hand for the speaker of the house. Come on, give God a praise. That's God's man. Hallelujah. But you see, look, write this down. Planning is setting the agenda of the future. I mean, you talk to these groups, they all have an agenda. Point number two, every group in society has an agenda to change the world in their favor. I'm going to say it again. Every group in society has an agenda to change the world in their favor. Do you have one is the question. Now, when the so-called church joins their agenda, your hope is gone. Because the only bastion of hope that can bring some moral sanity to our current affairs is supposed to be that rock of the church. And when the church surrenders, 
it becomes sand. And when current connects with sand, it takes the sand with it. What kind of world do you want? My friends, here's the problem. The agenda of the church is to, tr to take people, sorry about that, that's my midnight spelling, to take people where? Out of the world and the earth. Not to take over. That's the agenda. The church's agenda is to take people out of the world and even out of the earth. The world has accepted the church's agenda. And the world has produced its own. The world is so happy that you gave them your agenda. They can now do what they feel like without interference. In other words, you go to heaven while we go wherever people go. That's what we've done. We've surrendered. Ladies and gentlemen, the church has become an object of scorn and abuse and powerful criticism. I have stopped listening to talk shows now because of the puking, spewing, malignment and attack of those who are part of the church. Every day, it's as if you are a criminal if you are a pastor. You can't even wear your own suit. What kind of spirit is this? The church is not, you know, the world is saying, look, you guys told us you're all irrelevant so we can talk, talk to you anyway. Any kind of how. That's what we've done. But not this church. I said not this ministry. I said not this ministry. God can have at least some people somewhere who will say, we will not bow to your idols. You all get quiet on me. That's okay. Thank you, Lord. Me and you are right. The church is used. Everybody say used. The church is used as a social pawn to give credibility to secular society's agenda. That's all they use us for. If they open in something, they say, you come and pray. And then shut up, go away. Come bless this building and leave. We don't want to talk to you no more. They use the church. When they want to vote for, for their interests or politics, they, want, they quickly come to church. And they go visiting churches. How come they ain't visiting now? And they come sit down, they want to say something. This is using the church. This got to stop. And it got to stop now. We are not pawns in a game. 
It ends. No. At least in this ministry. I want at least 25 members of this church to run in the next election. Yes, I said that publicly. I want Parliament filled with people who are full of the Word of God, who love the Kingdom of God, whose standards are intact, and they sleep with the opposite sex, and they understand values and morals that are fundamentally biblical, which is according to our preamble. We will sacrifice nothing for God's will. not a pawn we got answers to problems we could solve the crime problem but stop abusing us stop cussing us most of the people who talk about the church don't even go to church how dare you talk about something you don't even attend? You're not qualified. I want to make a note. Write this down. The agenda of the world is to make God irrelevant. I want to explain to you why the secular system doesn't like Jesus. They're like many other religious leaders, you know. But this one is a problem for them. Because every other religious leader in history never required that you follow them. Every one of them. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, Baha'u'llah, Maharaj, all of them simply said, go that way. That's the way the truth. Follow these principles. Go that way. Christ never says, go that way. He says, come to me and then follow me. People don't want to do that. His demands are so personal that he requires that you change. So they can't handle that. They call it being dogmatic. <laughs> That's why they don't like Jesus. This is why they'd like to remove the preamble from our constitution. Just get it out of there. Because that's a problem for us. We can't quite do what we feel like without a bad conscience. Because this thing that says that we must be governed by the basic king, uh, biblical principles and, and spiritual values. And, 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 and you know, this, if I can just get that out of there then I could get free from all this demand to keep those values. He's a problem. So if we can get God out of everything, then we can do what we feel like. So their goal is to make God irrelevant. So they say the church must stay in its corner, mind its own business, and don't bother with our business 
And what they don't know is that their business is creating the culture for our business. There will be no staying out of the business. It's all of our business. I told you it was a tough series for me. If I go to jail, it's okay. If they kill me, fine. Doesn't matter anymore. We cannot sit by. We saw what happened in America. We saw what happened in Canada. We saw what happened in England. We saw what happened in Switzerland. We watched what happened in Holland. Are we just sitting there? you feel as an American you wonder what happened to us they have an agenda can I suggest to you that if we're going to bring change it's a process and remember this the key to kingdom success in this process is to initiate change we ain't going to wait for them to do something no more we are going to advise them of what we want done. I didn't hear y'all. Y'all, they're helping me here. You don't let them come and tell you what they did. You know, when they passed a law about buggery, where a man can have sex with a little boy in the Bahamas and it's legal, none of us knew that happened. I am telling you now that this week coming, I feel an urge for all of us to show up in Parliament on Wednesday. And we're just going to sit there, you know. We ain't going to say nothing. And we're going to make that very frequent. Because that's our house. What happens in our house, we should know what they're talking about in our house. I ain't never been in that house, except to present a book to the Prime Minister a couple of years ago. Well, now we're going to be in the house very often. I was praying, oh Lord, if I was in the house when the Minister of Foreign Affairs got up last week, he wouldn't have said a word if I was in that house. But I was going to say, excuse me, excuse me, I voted. Keep the TV on, please. I'm ready for the police to arrest me. But ain't nobody going to change our values without our permission. Y'all better clap. I feel by myself now. See? Y'all better buy this CD. <laughs> Write this down. The agenda of Jesus. Say it. Jesus has his agenda too. Let me give his agenda before we go. And don't miss the next session. This gets deeper. What's the agenda of God? It's found in a statement God made. I don't need to write it. I just copied it from him. Here's the agenda of Jesus. It's found in John chapter 3. 
verse 16. You never read this before. It's a new verse. Let me prove it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believe in that son will not perish but have everlasting life. Next word. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's God's agenda. God never says to get people out of earth to heaven. Everybody say world. Count how many times the word world is used in that passage. You see it? The word earth is nowhere in the passage. The word world is in the passage. Jesus Christ did not come to save the earth. Okay, let's see how smart you are. The word for earth in the Bible is this Greek word, tierra. Write it down. It means dirt. Earth. Physical planet. That's the earth. This building is on the earth. It is made out of earth. That's called earth. Earth is the physical planet. The word world used in the Bible, including the verse you just read, is a different word. It's the word cosmos. K-O-S-M-O-S. And the word means, number one, governing systems. Number two, powers of control. Number three, powers of influence. Number four, systems of impact. That's the word cosmos. That's the word used in John 3.16. Not the earth. For God so loved the systems that govern the earth. That he sent his son into the world, into the system. So that the system through him might be saved. God did not send his son into the world, the system, to condemn the system. Why? It's already condemned. He came to save it, it says. He came to save the system. Look at that list. That means he came to save the government system, the banking system, insurance system, medical system, dental system, legal system, educational system, entertainment system. He want to save all the systems because the systems determine what happens on the earth. The earth is innocent. Ain't nothing wrong with the earth. No two dogs commit adultery because they don't get married. You'll never find two dogs, two male dogs getting it on. These podcasts got more sense. You'll never find a flower being jealous of another flower. You'll never find two birds having deceit and malice. No tree never cursed the other tree. Nothing wrong with nature. But when man's system hit that beautiful thing, they pollute the rivers, they destroy the reefs, they spill oil in the gulf, they destroy the forest, they cut down the trees, they destroy the ozone layer. Why? Because the system is affecting the earth. 
if you do not check the system, you're going to live on a different earth in the Bahamas. So it's the system Jesus came to save. And that's our agenda. We have been duped by misguided religious theological perspectives who did not read, obviously, the mandate of Jesus Christ. His mandate is very clear. <laughs> he said, I, I created the church, he says. The church is not the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are different. The kingdom existed before the church. You quote Matthew 25, verse 34, it says, I quote Jesus. He said, Come of you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom, which were prepared for you before the foundation of the world was even laid. The kingdom is older than the church because the kingdom is God's government in heaven. And he put us on earth to extend that government on earth to make earth a colony. And that means the key to the kingdom was the influence of heaven on earth by the Holy Spirit from God through the agency of mankind. That means that the church is heaven's diplomatic agency on earth. We are not here to avoid the earth. We are not here to abandon the systems. We are here to influence the system. That's why we're here. May God emerge with a new church in our lifetime. The original idea that he had made come back. I remember when I went to visit Martin Luther King's Jr.'s church in Atlanta where he preached. It's a small little church. I stood in the same place where he preached. I held my hands to the podium and I was imagining this country preacher. It's a small little church. Maybe 300 members, 200 members could fit in that place. And, and tears came to my eyes because all of a sudden it hit me. A little country preacher decided enough is enough. What is it going to take for you and I the church is God's diplomatic core on earth. We are here to represent a different set of values, a different set of moral standards, a different set of systems of governing with compassion and love for the poor and not abusing the weak. Some of the policies we've been following is corrupting the weak and destroying the poor people. This is, this is injustice. Why did God take us out of slavery in this country? Not to enslave our own people?
I think I'm, I'm beginning to, to change some definitions in my mind about some of the words we use. I, I, I'll give you one I'm dealing with right now. I, I'm still trying to deal with it. I think we need to change the word investor to oppressor sometime. I'm going to say it again. I think in some cases, who we call oppressor, I mean, investor, is oppressor. In other words, we're bringing back the same system we had 45 years ago in nice words. Investor. Same guy come back, you know. Investor. And can fire people anytime they feel like without consultation. This is crazy. But that is when you let another person's agenda become more important than your own. I'm not against partnerships. But I sure don't want slavery back. I believe we can be partners. Partners means you happy, I happy, you know, too. Mutual. Not you got upper hand, I ain't got no hand at all. Y'all help me out here now. See, I feel like I'm by myself again. See, this spirit that we have coming back into our region. And our leaders, are as if they got slave mentality still. As soon as they see a color skin, they get nervous. Stop it, man. Stop it. Ain't nobody better than you. All of us as humans in God's image, man. Your little bit of money don't make you more valuable than me. Who do you think you are? You know, oh, please don't make me this radical. Let me stop before I get in trouble. No, I can stop because anointing all over my body. I can't take this. Congratulations. You know, some of y'all are hurting. But then banks control your life and they don't even have their headquarters here. And they send instructions from Barbados and Cayman and tell them what to do with you. You can't even talk to the officer because they're under a command from another country. And you're losing your house that you worked so hard to build for 40 years you've been paying this mortgage and you lose it. What kind of government watching out for you? A government has the power to make legislation to tell those banks, now before you come here, here are the rules. church was given an agenda and that agenda let me quote it go into all the slowly world not the earth (laughs) 
So a missionary, a real missionary, is not the one that goes to Africa. It's the one that goes into banking and politics and sports and law and business. That's the missionary. Go into all the systems, he said. Here you are going to Africa preaching and your country becoming a lesbian country. Why? Because you're just saying you're missionary when in fact the system destroying your country. Because of your theology. Listen to me. It really don't matter to me. I'm making an announcement right now. I'm not staying out of nothing. Don't tell me still to nothing, all right? You don't own this country. No one does. We are citizens. I'm not staying out of nothing. Clap, man. You all would be. I said out of nothing. You only get mad. I'm tired of this. Talking about stay out of this, stay out of that. I am that. This is my culture. This is my country. This is my nation. This is my people. This is my children's future. I'll just sit down. Stand up on your feet. Let's get out of here. Give God praise anyhow. Come on, stand up on your feet. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for listening to this message as we hope that it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you new paths and opportunities so that you can discover your purpose. It is your love, support, and partnership that makes Monroe Global possible. Please visit us online at www.monroeglobal.com for more product, partnership, or to join us at one of our live events around the world.